0: There isn't. So, make friends. It's it's Hannah's birthday, everybody. I'm taking her. Yeah. We'll birthday. birthday we well, want to go do some stuff, do some birthday stuff. It's gonna be great. She's thirty years old. Well, because I don't want to go, everybody. <laughs> <for> everybody. 30 <laughs> 30 I can't pay so <laughs> hey, for all you got to eat and nice. What's thirty, 30, minutes, okay. 30 minus seven? Okay. Well, so be friendly, hang fast. out, do plans. Don't go out and 40? sin. You know. Can you make it one weekend I think we can so uh, no other announcements Oh also hyphen I'm gonna keep saying it for a while' it's no I'm not throwing shade or anything just got to keep announcing it if you didn't hear they if you signed up for the trip we lost the money, but the church is going to cover half of it so all that they're asking is each person that signed up to pay 50 dollars I know it's the holidays so there's no pressure just get it to me and you can get it to me Happy Hanukkah God love you all okay Wait a minute Wait a minute Hey, <laughs> Okay, well, let's pray. <laughs> Put your hands on me. God, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this moment to come down and be together. We thank you for our church. We thank you for the fellowship tonight. Open our hearts and our minds to hear you. I know we've had long days. We've had work. We've had school. Give us a moment where we can understand things that are deep. In Jesus' name, do a work in our lives. And The church says, amen. You may be seated. say this uh i have two sermons i'm excited about and i assigned one for this wednesday and i assigned one for sunday okay and then uh you know we'll see if they switch okay so you may get a double special but you'll forget half of this by the time saturday goes around you know it, i know it. we'll just get a double dipping but hopefully the lord will allow me <laughs> to use the other one Then i i want to talk to you about the lord okay i want to talk to you about how We will use the same terms, but we won't mean the same things. Okay, the Lord is is very specific about this. For instance, there was a man one day that had found himself sitting by a magical pool. Okay, the the, the theory was is that if you can get in this pool of water, when it moves, you could be healed. An angel, it was said, would move upon the water, cause the water to ripple. And if you could get in the water, you could get healed. This man, he was lame. He had lived there. For 38 years, sitting by the pool. That's a long time. Jesus shows up and says, Do you want to be healed? I love this question. It's such an obvious question. Do you want to be healed? The man does not go, yes. That's the right answer. Okay? If God shows up and says, you want to be healed? you want to be used? you want to be blessed? you want to be transformed? Yes. That's what he says. He says, I can't be because I can't make it to the water fast enough. People keep beating me there. First off, this whole pool thing is not of God. It's paganism, okay? Magical water. It's a lottery for healing. It's not biblical, okay? It was a pagan idea. There was no angel moving it. And people weren't getting healed. You know, I know that. Because if people were getting healed by a magical pool of water, the world would have been on fire. They'd have been bottling it and selling it. Why even have the miracle worker named Jesus? They'd have been like, hey, there's a puddle that's healing us. We don't need you. Nobody's being healed. But it's amazing that people were living out this wrong method for years with false hope like grandma with the lottery, just hoping one day it'll be different. I think the doctrine of this pool, where like you gotta get there first, and that means you're the person to. I think that was made up out of pain. I think that man got in that water one time, and he was a second guy there, and he's like, you know why it didn't work? It's not because what I'm doing is dumb, it's because I wasn't the first person there. It's amazing how time, sometimes we will use the wrong perspective, we will have the wrong plan, we will defend the wrong method and we will kind of fall into delusion that's why it didn't work because i didn't do this or that it's just not a good plan in the first place it's not god's will in the first place it wasn't that you were too late you and i will kind of defend our methods and plans even though they're not god's will so jesus says do you want to be healed i didn't ask about why it's not working for you the ladder store door opener. no he's pretty good today i didn't ask about why it didn't work for you i didn't ask about your method i just asked a question do you want to be healed Jesus, I kind of, when I read it, I sensed some, some like, passion coming off the page. He said, get up and walk. <laughs> he gets up and he walks. 38 years of trying to do it the wrong way was fixed because the identity of God in flesh walked in and said, your method's wrong, but my identity is going to show you how I will do this thing. My method is, I'll speak it, you obey me, it's going to work. Sacrifice your plans because I am God. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, they see this man. They've known this man. 38 years the man's lived there. And he's famous. Like that famous homeless man next to Thornton's. You know who he is. You see him every day. They say to this man, Why are you walking on the Sabbath? Today's the day when i was supposed to do nothing. Why are you walking? Why is he walking on the Sabbath? Who cares? How did he get healed? Who healed the man? He's walking. I mean, are you serious? They even asked him. They don't say... Who healed you? How did he heal you? They said this. Who told you you could walk on the Sabbath? This man has been healed. He's walking and talking. They're not worried about that Jesus did anything. They're upset about how he did a thing. They're upset with the method by which he did the thing. They missed the healing. They're more upset that it didn't happen the way they wanted. Sometimes we get preconceived ideas of how God's will move in our life. And we think we're saying the same things. God, I want love. And God's like, okay, we have the same terms, but I have different definitions. God, I want peace. Okay, we have the same end goal, the same term, but how I'm going to bring it about in your life is not the same way you want it to be brought about. We're fighting over definitions and methods. The terms are the same. You want love and joy and peace and salvation, but you got to accept my definitions. They run up to Jesus, the Pharisees do, and they say, how dare you heal someone on the Sabbath. I bet Jesus, I, I notice his humor. It's like, really? Really? The man's walking. Really? That's what you're focused on? And Jesus begins to say this. You have a problem with my methods? When you question my methods, let me tell you about my identity. He said, I am the Son of God. He said, I can do nothing apart from me. All authority has been given to me from the Father. He said, I cannot validate my own identity. It is is grounded in the Father. He tells the disciples when they say, show us God. He said, you have not been... You've been that long with me, but you still don't know. I and my Father are one. The words that I say, the works that I do are not of me, but he that dwells within me. He's saying that I am God incarnate. I am great as the mystery of Godness, 1 Timothy three sixteen. For God was manifest in the flesh. He said, I am a man. The Spirit is the Father. We are so close, we're inseparable. I can't do anything. I, the reason why I can do this thing that's made you mad, I have permission to do it because I'm God. He said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. They asked him one time, why don't your disciples fast? He said, when the bridegroom, the future husband-to-be is with the bride, the, the girl that's going to get married, he said, we don't fast, you feast. He said, but when they're separated, you fast and waiting. He said, my disciples don't fast. You're upset about their methods, but my identity validates their methods. They don't have to fast because they're with me. Why do we fast? Get closer to God. What if you're walking and talking with the incarnate God? Every time they fought over his methods, It's because they didn't understand who he was, his identity. Every time we have a question about God's methods in our lives, we must go back and find his identity. Why is God doing it in my life this way? Because he's holy. Why is God taking his time? Why is God asking me to be this? He said, I am holy, so be ye holy. If you ever are confused about God's will for your life, search his identity. Don't read your Bible and pray for a plan. Read your Bible to see the nature of God, and his plan will be made clear. Don't try to fret over the methods by which he will do it. His identity will clarify it. That man had planned for 38 years with the wrong plan. In one moment, in the identity of Jesus, the plan was revealed. We fixate on prayer being a cure and church being the solution. Those things are symptomatic. You must seek God's first. What does it mean when he says, I'm true and I'm holy? What is he like? What is he not like? It's hard to pray when you have a problem. It's hard to read your Bible when you have an issue. Because we've we, we got to have the solution. Fix your eyes on Him and it will be revealed to you. The method will be clear. How will God do a thing in my life? Well, who is God? How, how does He move? Well, I have to find out who He is. You've, you've seen it at times. Someone says, I need the will of God for my life. You're like, but that doesn't match the God of the Bible. Your plan. God doesn't want to make you an NBA player with millions of dollars and go off and sin and do stupid things. <laughs> no matter how much you pray. That doesn't match the God of the Bible. Your plan and method doesn't match his identity. His identity will validate and show his plan. He told them, I am the son of God. Then he said, I'm the son of man. There were, they were all using the same terms. The disciples, the Pharisees, the Jewish people, and Jesus. All using the same terms. Here were their terms. God, salvation, and in and, and Glory. All using the same terms, okay? But they all had different definitions. You notice that in society, we all use the same words when we need different things? If you said, what does the word love mean? Whoa, different definitions. What does the word God mean? Different definitions. What does justice mean? Different definitions. What is morality? What is marriage? We're all using the same words with different definitions. And Jesus knew that the Jews are saying one thing. And the Pharisees and the disciples, they're saying one thing. It's the same word, but they're meaning different things. I believe in God. Yeah, but you don't have the same definition of God. I believe in salvation, but you don't have the right definition of salvation. You can't just have the term. You've got to have the right definition. You can't just have the end. You've got to understand the means by which God will bring it. God's identity and his methods are linked together. You want to know why God's doing what he's doing? His methods check his identity. And you know his method in your life? Check his identity. Here's what God did the Jewish people had the definition Messiah, salvation. They thought, same word, different definition. They thought the Son of Man. In Daniel, the ancient of days, God gives power to the Son of Man. And he will be like a, a prophet. He'll be like another David. He'll be a man, but he'll be empowered. And he's going to overthrow the Romans. He's going to set up an earthly government. He's going to have horses and chariots and everything. They're using the same word salvation, but they have a wrong definition. Jesus said, uh, I have come to save your soul. I am. I am that Son of Man. But also, I am God in the flesh. You see, I the verse Isaiah, whenever the Jews read it, it said, a child is born. They're like, we like that part. That's the Messiah, a child born. And the governor's resting upon his shoulders. We like that part. He's going to rule the government. We like that part. They didn't like the full definition though. And his name should be called Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Wait a second. Why is he called the Father? He's saying, y'all just wanted a prophet that would help you. But God broke himself in the flesh to come down. You're upset with my methods. How can a man do this? He's saying, my methods make sense. We understand who I am. Whenever Satan was tempting Jesus, he said, throw yourself off this mountain and let angels catch you. Jesus said, Here's the definition. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. By virtue of the definition, Jesus called himself Lord. You should not tempt the Lord your God. Is he saying he's Lord? Then he said, Satan said, Turn these rocks into bread. You're you're hungry, turn them into bread, show your power. He said, It is written, man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that comes in the mouth of God. He just called himself man he was trying to tell the Jews yes I am a man but I am also the father yes I am a man but I am also Lord I'm he was trying to teach them oneness they're confused about how he's doing it because they have a confusion about his identity whenever you have confusion about why we live the way we live and why God may take longer check his identity his methods, his plans that go together the disciples, James, his mom John's mom, she was meaning well she said Jesus I like you <laughs> Can my son sit on the left and the right hand side of you when you set up your kingdom? He said, "You have no idea what you're asking." He said, "They cannot drink of my cup," meaning that they can't down the cross. They don't. Even, you think this is like an earthly kingdom? They can't. You have no idea what you're asking. You have the same definition for kingdom, but or the same word for kingdom, but not the same definition. You can't have God's terms and not have God's definitions. God is trying to define Himself. He's trying to clarify Himself. I heard someone say once why would a God do this? Why would God make this person sin? Why would God let babies die? Why would God, if God doesn't want someone to be attracted to that person, why would God give them those attractions? You've heard this, this premise. Answer for your God. But here's the thing, okay? This is very close. Here's the thing. If you then say, okay, that person is asking you that doesn't believe in God in the first place. But they're saying, I'll accept the premise or the hypothesis that there could be a God. Right? They're like, I don't believe in God, but if there is a God, answer for this God. Why would he do this? Why would people die? If you try to answer with the Bible, they go, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. I don't believe in the Bible. Wait a second. We're using the same word for God, but we don't have the same definition. You're telling me I can't use the definition of the word of God? I can't answer for your God. We're talking about two different gods then. My God has talked. Your God does not talk. I can't answer for a God that won't answer himself. My God, I believe, has spoken through holy men of old. He has explained every intention. He's explained his methods, his identity. I know why he does everything he does. And I can't talk to you right now about this then if you're not going to accept the terms and the definitions of the God. We're talking about two different gods. You can't throw the term God at me and not the definition because it's a different God we're talking about. Your God is an ambiguous God. Your God is a God that moves like you want to move, and justifies the things you want to justify. Don't argue with people that want to argue with you but won't let God talk for himself. You're never going to win and they're never going to be saved. You can't say we're saying the same term, but you won't accept the same definition. When Moses was about to go to Egypt, God told him, when they ask who I am, tell them, I am that I am. I always thought God was being coy, like he's being mysterious, I am that was going on here. Gods and paganism were defined very small. Okay? There was a sun god. There was the moon god. There was the god of the Nile. There was the god of horses. There was, I mean, the My Little Pony God. There were just gods that were over certain things. So when you ask the name of a god, you notice how names were like very close to the definition. You say, it's like, oh, I understand who this person is by their name. Hmm. Jacob, deceiver. Like I'll sit close to him at dinner. These words were very important. He wanted to know God's name, Pharaoh did, because he wanted to know what he was the God of. I want to know the term and the definition of your God, so I can compartmentalize him, so I can, I can live with him. And God said, for now, I am that I am. You ever wonder why God, ten plagues, a lot of conversations with Pharaoh? You ever wonder why, as soon as Pharaoh said to let them go, God hardened Pharaoh's heart and made the issue drag on? Why does God take his time? Why does God just not make it easy? Why does God just not heal people? Why does God just not do what I pray for as soon as I ask? I do not understand the methods of God. God was going to not just do it where he freed them. He was going to do it where everybody knew who he was. The Jews, the Israelites, and Egypt, they both all had word, God. But the Jewish people had a wrong definition of God. They were bitter, they were broken, they felt rejected. He said, I'm going to show you I am that I am. The Egyptians, same word, God, but wrong definition. I'm going to show you the definition of who I am. Pharaoh, I'm going to harden your heart. I'm going to punish you so bad. Why? Because I want to show everybody what happens. Paul says that Pharaoh was set up as a vessel of destruction so God can unleash his wrath. God is showing you the definition of who he is. Pharaoh, this is what happens when you abort thousands of firstborn children and throw them in the Nile. This is the God I am. This is what I like and I don't like. He did not just come to do something, he came to define himself. He looked at the Israelites. He said, You wanted to be easy and quick, but I gotta show you that I'm a God of righteousness and justice and not just mercy and not just grace. I'm gonna punish sin and free people from sin. The last plug, the death angel. He said, if you take a spotless lamb, you kill it, you take the blood, you put it on the top door post, the side door post, your firstborn child will be spared. This was not just about punishing Egypt. This was about showing to the Israelites, I am that I am. He was showing this. I love you. It's not a matter of love. I'm gracious. But my salvation always comes through simple obedience. Even a Jewish, even an Israelite child would have died if there's no obedience. But he loves them. They were his people. But they still had to obey. You can't say you have my word salvation if you want to accept my methods, my my definition. You can't just say I want peace, but you've got to have the definition. You've got to not just spout my terms at me. You've got to walk in the definition, the the method, the means of it. He's teaching them about himself. Because one day, he's going to be the spotless lamb that dies on the cross. And the Jewish people were supposed to go... (gasps) The wood of the doorpost is now the wood of the cross. And the spotless lamb is now him. And, and now my repentance and my obedience and my baptism. It all makes sense. He is that he is. You may get frustrated with God's methods, but it's to show his identity. The Bible says this loop thing. Who you are will bear fruits. And your fruits will show who you are. What? That's a circle. Who you are will produce your symptoms. And your symptoms will show who you are. Your identity will produce the methods by which you live. And the methods by which you live will show who you are. God's the same way. You question of my methods? Look at my identity. And my identity shapes how I do things. It shapes my methods. He wanted to show them I am that I am. It was strategic. It was on purpose. So let me ask you the question again. Why would God make someone a drug addict? Why would God make someone split up a marriage and make kids without parents? Why would God make someone a drug addict? Why would God make cancer and make abortion? Why would God make homosexuality? Why would God make fornicators and liars? Why would God make you with that weakness? Why would God do that to you? We're questioning the identity of God. It is being questioned. This God needs to answer for himself. Let's check his methods. In the beginning, God made a tree. A tree of the knowledge good and evil. He said, you have all the trees. The tree of life will live forever. Don't you give this one tree, Adam? Knowledge good and evil. Why? He justified himself. My methods may be confusing, but I'm a God of love. I'm a God. I, I want a relationship. I wanted you to choose me. My methods don't make sense unless you check my identity. I don't want to force anybody. I will give you a choice. His methods become more clear. They chose the wrong choice, the aid of the truth, the knowledge of good and evil. As we've said many times, the word knowledge does not mean, oh, now I know right and wrong. Oops. They already knew right and wrong. Like, mom said, don't touch the stove. Have you ever done it? No, but she said, don't do it, so I'm scared of doing it. They had the knowledge of right and wrong as far as our word, no. Same word, different definitions. And Abraham knew his wife. and She bore a child. And Isaac knew his wife. There were no, Paul said that people that never learn the word, but never know truth, never have the knowledge of truth. He said, you must obey the word to have the knowledge. He's saying that when you know a thing biblically, you don't It's not an idea you've conceived something with it, and it's changed you when they ate of that fruit before then they'd only known obedience and known they were perfect that the definition for the term man was free, eternal, perfect, sinless, holy they'd only known good they'd only obeyed good and birth freedom, and whenever they ate of the seed of that tree that ate of the root. Of fruit, they then for the first time begin to not just know in concept, they begin to give birth to sin. The impulses, the, the weaknesses, the, the brokenness. Now it's going to reproduce. Now there's a sickness making you want to birth more and, more and more now you know it in that you see it and you create it. We did God did not create sin. We created it. God said, I'll let you share my creative power. So much so, so I'll let you create the poison that will corrupt everything. God did not make the drug addict. We did. God did not make thievery. We did. God did not make idolatry. We did. God did not make cancer. We did. God did not make the pain of the world. You and I created it through Adam and Eve. We birthed our own weaknesses, our own problems. God's identity is on trial. But you've got to look at his methods. He is not responsible for the pain of the world. You and I are. But God said, I shouldn't let you make your bed and lie in it. But I'm going to introduce a term called redemption. And here's the definition. Peter said, repent and be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ, permission of sins, Nicodemus, you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. What's going to happen is, I can undo what sin has done in your life. I can free you. I can can free you from past sin, and I can free you from current sin, and I can free you from future sin. I can send you to heaven to walk with me. You don't have to die and go to hell. I'm going to introduce a new term called redemption, salvation. But you've got to have the right definition. You can't just say, I believe in God, and I have a term called salvation. must be born again of the water and the Spirit. He said, I'll introduce a word called sanctification. Meaning that when you get saved, you can walk with me. And for redemption won't be a moment you felt good on a Sunday. It will be, I can change thoughts in every moment. I can be freedom in every situation. I can be a lifestyle of victory, not just an encounter you had on a Sunday. We all use the same terms. Every denomination the same terms. We all have different definitions. I love this. Job said, Behold God, the one who walks alone in the waves. Not just the one who walks alone in the water. Water would be hard enough. Impossible. He walks on unsteady water. Like the impossible on top of impossible. It's like a double stacked Oreo. Like water, waves, he's doing it. The God who, That was the definition of God. One of the definitions of God was he who walks alone on the waves. But fast forward to the New Testament. I see him walking in the water as a man named Jesus. And Peter says from a boat, is that you, Lord? He said, it is. He said, at your word, Lord, I'll walk out. He said, Come, come forth. Peter gets out of the boat at your word. I have to obey your word to walk with you on the water. If I'm going to share in your power, I'm a share in your methods. I cannot do what you do if I don't die like you die. What? How do you get saved? Jesus died on the cross, buried in the tomb, rose again. When you die on the cross, it says that when you repent, it's like you're dying on the cross. When you get baptized, it says that you're in his tomb with him. And when you get the Holy Ghost, it says you're like resurrected with him. Now you have the same terms and the same definitions. Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, salvation. You, death, burial, resurrection, salvation. You can't have his terms without his definitions. Now, the one who walked in the water alone is now walking, but he's not alone. Peter begins to sink, and we think, oh, it's a story about how you need more faith. Jesus picks it up and walks with him hand in hand back to the boat. Now it's a story about how you won't have to do it alone. But look what Peter is sharing with. The God that used to do the impossible by himself is now sharing it. The God that used to have peace by himself is now sharing it. God said, if you share in my obedience, you'll share in my victory. If you share my definitions, you'll share in my terms. If you share in my methods... You can share in my identity. Christians be little Christ. He said, you're made in my likeness. Now, holy was just something with God. But now he says we can be ye holy. Now he says we can be holy in acceptable sacrifices. Now we can walk on the water with Jesus. Now he's sharing his identity. He did not just do it just to do it. He did it to show himself and he did it to share his identity with you. If you notice the dictionary, it has three sections term, that's the word, definition, then it has, it uses it in a sentence. God defines his terms, God defines his definitions, and when he does it in your life, you're meant to be the sentence. You're meant to be the illustration of the nature of God. God is holy, term holy, definition. It defines God's holiness. It defines what he likes, what he doesn't like. It defines his glory. And then the sentence, the application, the illustration is supposed to be your life. Insert your name here. So-and-so is walking in holiness because God has done a work in their life. The terms are not meant to stay on the page. You're meant to be the illustration. You're meant to use it in a sentence. You're meant to be God's sentence. God is defining himself even further by showing himself through you. Term, definition, sentence. Use it in a sentence. Every day, God is saying to you, "I am peace." Here's the definition of peace. Here's what I ask to have peace. Use it in a sentence. I am joy. Here's the definition of joy. Here's how to get joy. Now you use it in a sentence. The world is needing to see it be used in a sentence. They're rejecting His terms and they're rejecting His definitions. But something happens when you see it being used in a sentence. When you question His methods, why is God doing it this way in my life? Look at His nature. He's doing it to show himself. He's doing it to shape you. He's not just doing to get the job done. He never does it just to do a thing. He does it to change something. It's a loop. When I question his methods, look at his identity. When I don't know his identity, look at how he's always done what he does. Look at the fruits of God. How does God, What is God like? Look how he always has moved. Look what he's punished. Look what he's rewarded. That's why most of the Bible is stories. It's a bunch of applications. It's a bunch of using in a sentence so your life can mirror it. God is defining himself. And God is trying to define himself through you. God is trying to define you. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Let God use it to sentence. Why don't you stay on me? Take that to the bank. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to blame the point. Uh, but... I always feel like I have to invite people. I don't know if it changed anything. I know many of you will think about it and I try to apply it. You're very studious and very um, hungry. But I, I do implore you, ponder these words, okay? I'm not just, you know, just because God has humbled me. I just don't do this to fill a Wednesday or do this to keep a job. I do it in a way in which God changes me. I'm not very efficient sometimes because I want to be changed and, and sometimes I don't I don't explain things in the most efficient way because I want the... I could say things simpler for you, but it wouldn't change you. I, I could say things that, that are more marketable for your age group, but it wouldn't show God right. I don't want to just do it to get a job done. I want to do it in which God can express himself in you and define you. So sometimes I know that different age groups, different maturity levels, different... You've been with me for a long time, been with me for a little bit of time. Take it, listen to it, go back, study it, get a hunger for it. You will find solutions and answers if you want them. Uh, any door will open if you want it to open. The words I say today will make sense more and more and more the more you look at them. These are not my words. These are God's words. I promise you. Prayer and fasting. Don't just think, well, that was a good one that Mary gave. I, I, it, these words break me. I ponder them. I, I'm up early in the morning talking about it. I, blood, sweat, and tears. But it's, it's, I'm saying it's not just me. It's something beyond me. So don't let me be the thing that stops you from applying it. Don't let the vessel deteriorate your expectation for the word. These are holy words, holy definitions, holy terms. And they're going to transform your life. You can walk on the water with Jesus in whatever category that you want to. Okay? Why don't you pray with me real quickly? God, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, let us see you rightly. What is the purpose of any of this? It is to see you correctly and to to see you correctly in the way that we obey you and we show you correctly. Blessings are symptoms. New jobs are symptoms. Healings are symptoms. All in your symptoms, it is to see you right and to be right with you. To be righteous, to do the right thing the right way. Lord, everything is, is, is a symptom from that point. God, we praise you out of seeing you right. We worship you to see you right. Everything we do is to bring about that end. To see your identity, to see your will. Define us, Lord, as you allow us to see how you define yourself. Let us go back and see what holiness means and what faith means and what love means. Let us read your word. Let us not have a misguided term for God with a misguided definition. Show yourself to us and we will see you move and shape us because of it. In Jesus' name and the church says, Amen. Be friendly. Talk to somebody. God bless you.